discussed in detail about the political development and already announced that we are going to float a new regional party on December 10th. Does the KJP mean the end of the BJP's rule in Karnataka? Definitely, madam. Because uh, BJP, almost all important leaders and uh, uh, district in charge workers all are joining. KJP already, more than 50% already they have joined. Let us see what will happen in the future. It's and too early to say anything. Here is now the final position tonight on what's been a dramatic loss for the BJP. Right, so this is actually right now the final results position. The Congress 121, a gain of 42. The JDS 40, the BJP dropping 70 seats to 40. Yedirappa performing uh, far poorly than even uh, what the pollsters had expected, just getting six. In future, there is no such confusion at all. We have unanimously taken decision not to merge with any other particular party, including Bharati Janata Party. And we must support NDA, that is to Narendra Modi's poems candidature. We have decided to merge KJP with Bharati Janata Party. Together we will work for the to win more than uh, 20 seats, Lok Sabha seats, and also according to uh, all people are expecting that Narendra Modi should become the Prime Minister of India. For that day and night we are going to work from today onwards. Firstly, I convey my regards and wishes to Mr. people of Karnataka, especially farmers, JCST, and OBCs who have supported the Prince of BJP. You just heard three minutes of B.S. Yadiropa from 2011 to 2018. He first stepped down as Chief Minister facing a corruption charge and would eventually be arrested for it. And then he was forced out of the BJP and he formed the KJP or Karnataka Janta Paksha. He showed the BJP that without him, it was a shell of itself in Karnataka. Then he extended support to Modi but vowed to never join the BJP. But then he did. And the BJP learnt its lesson. It made him the chief ministerial candidate in the 2018 assembly elections. But who is Yadurappa? To find out more, I spoke to the senior political journalist, Saumya Aji. It's a very interesting story, actually, Yadurappa's. He, he was this poor boy in, um, from Mandya. He was born in a Lingayat family. Yadurappa kind of went from strength to strength. And he participated in farmer movements. Of course, he participated in the emergency and all that. So he came, uh, he came up the ranks in the BJP. He worked his way up and he consistently was in the BJP right from the beginning. He has never uh, changed parties. The only time there was any kind of rebellion was when he started the KJP. So um, his contribution to the BJP is, um, I mean, I know other people started the party. I know uh, other people also contributed. 
But in my opinion, from what I've seen of politics from 94, um, he and Anand Kumar basically built the party like brick by brick. And I'm not talking of the Ram Mandir, I'm talking of the, of the BJP yes. in Karnataka. And uh, they did it in their own style. Uh, we have to make it a point to note that neither Yadurappa nor Anand Kumar at any point in their public life till date has made a single anti-Muslim statement. There was this clear divide of the Lingayat vote, which used to originally go to the Congress party, then shifted to the Janata Dal, then went with Ramkrishna Hegde to Lok Shakti. And when Hegde, uh, you, you know, sort of joined hands with the BJP, the vote bank shifted. And with the death of Hegde, there was this huge uh, vacuum in North Karnataka for an opposition party. And there was their own man, a Lingayat man, a very vibrant speaker. I mean, Edurapa, uh, in his heydays, was a very fiery speaker. And he, uh, they saw in this man, a man that they could actually pin their hopes on. So the growth of the BJP is actually at one level, the personal growth of Edurapa, because the Lingayat community in Karnataka didn't start off by supporting BJP policies. They started off by supporting their man. So at one level, when you look at, you know, how the BJP came to power in Karnataka, the only, only state in the South where the BJP uh, came to power so far, it's largely because of the personality of Yadurapa and because whole of the northern region of the state saw uh, no other alternative to the Congress. So till maybe about five years back, the BJP was literally synonymous with Yadurapa, at least in the northern part of the state. And um, the Modi factor started to come in only in the last uh, five years or so, almost after he became the PM. The 2019 election was largely Mr. Modi's election in Karnataka. There was no doubt on that. But the 2018 election was still about Yadurapa. What about the time between 2008 and 2011, when he was chief minister of the first BJP government in South India? We had like so many scandals, right? One after the other. To be fair, the poor man never got an opportunity to actually go in because he was so busy fighting fires. One of our senior journalists, Mr. Imran Qureshi, came up with an image for Radio Rapa, which is like completely perfect. Uh, he spent all his time uh, with a you know fire extinguisher and he was running around and pumping <laughs> pumping it out or either standing on the fire truck or using a hand a handheld fire extinguisher. <laughs> that's an image that's unfortunately still true for Radio Europa. And then he stepped down facing serious charges of corruption and he was briefly under arrest in 2011. He had to resign. I mean, the, the public opinion was even though he was Lingayat, even though he, he was so strong. In fact, I think 76 MLAs went, walked with him when he, he, they walked with him from Vidhan Sauda to the Raj Bhavan when he went in to give his resignation. And not all of them were Lingayats. Most of them were, but others also went. 76 MLAs walked with him out of the 110. That tells you the clout of the man, right? Yadirupa was actually forced to go out because he's not the kind. He, like I said, he built the BJP. The BJP is his baby. Yes, and Anand. So they started to sideline him and they didn't listen to anything he said. He was not promised anything, you know. He was not promised a party position. He was not part, promised a chief ministership. He was, and he felt it was his due because 
it was it was his name that was running the bjp and the bjp realized it only after the bjp kjp split the national leadership in bjp thought they could manage without edirappa the reason he is chief minister even now at 76 the reason they have relaxed all their margadarshak mandal rules for him because he went and formed the kjp and showed them what he is capable of and showed them where they were without him Hi, I'm Vikram Gopal and welcome back to House on Fire, a podcast series on the turbulent year that followed the Karnataka state elections of 2018. This is chapter 3, Self-Destruct. So it's February 2019 and Chief Minister H.T. Kumar Swami is about to present his second budget and there's this cloud of dissidence in the Congress. Four Congress MLAs are still missing and are believed to be in touch with the BJP. Kumar Swami though appears undisturbed by this. Coalition partners, particularly MLAs, they are all happy with me. Whatever news spreading outside, That is unrealistic. All Congress MLAs, they are most happy with me. The way I am treating them, the way, the way I am giving respect to them, they are all happy. But some section of the groups, they are spreading this kind of unrealistic news. Before the election, even after the election, my government will go into a stable government. I will complete all the previous. Things slowly, Our federal structure issue now, the discussion started. The way in which BJP friends treating the state governments, I think they are going to damage the federal system. If this kind of things happen, definitely there will be a major constitutional damage will going to be hit. By now, the BJP had started saying that the government did not enjoy the confidence of its own MLAs. that it had no right to be in power but bjp leaders clarified that they wouldn't move a no confidence motion against the government confident that it would fall on its own on february 8th budget day kumar swami called an emergency press conference this was a normal practice so all of us journalists rushed to see what was happening kumar swami was visibly angry the previous night yadurappa had met sharan gowda kandkur the son of a jds mla allegedly asking him to convince his father to defect kandukur had recorded the entire conversation and another one with a different bjp leader who claimed that the anti defection laws or the 10th schedule of the constitution would not matter because the speaker had been bought off with a 50 crore rupee bribe i think according to my view he is systematically demolishing this country's democracy system he is misleading the parliament house today i request all our opposition party friends raise the issue the dual role of honorable prime minister and his team one side is projecting himself savior of this country and totally demolished corruption system other side what his friends are doing how he is encouraging his colleagues 
Today, I demand the Prime Minister of this country come out of your real face. Who has encouraged your uh, leaders to topple Karnataka government? I leave it to this citizens of this country. The way in which the BJP is taking this country, the way in which they are decided to demolish this democratic system. Yadiropa denied it, of course. Our Chief Minister Kumar Swami is a film producer. He is expert in voice recording and uh, produce anything in uh, he wants. So, whatever he has given the statement today in press meet, there is baseless. That's all I can say. So, after the budget was presented, the House had to discuss the bribery tapes. And Yadurapa admitted on the floor of the House that he did meet Kandkur. You are my valuation. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Nanu Sanman Edikshriyal Thiruvan Thaddu Daimadi Madhimadas Nehi Thuridhar Idhan Thirchadu Beda Naneli Rudeno Sanmanya Sabadikshir Bagge Ayivattu Kotrubayak Kudon Tha Matukatikul Idhila Nidhaga Nanenaaru Iddhidhre Nanna Samakshama Idhu Nidhidhe Nodadhre Naa Rajikinda Nii Urtiyakthini Nthelidhane Vortho Let's not twist this I have said that if I was present when claims were made about the speaker getting rupees 50 crore, I will retire from politics. But I did not say that I didn't meet Sharan Gowda when he came to meet me at 12am when I was asleep. I've only said that a 40-minute tape was edited to 2-3 minutes and that is the chief minister's crime. A special investigation team was to be set up to look into this. That team never got off and the probe never happened. The speaker K.R. Ramesh Kumar's ego was obviously hurt. So MLA after MLA stood up to proclaim their absolute trust in the speaker's morality. In the middle of the MLA's performances, Ramesh Kumar made a comment. Fair warning to listeners, this next bit could be offensive. But this is what happens when spaces are made up almost entirely of men. The speaker thought it would be a joke and he said he felt like a rape victim who is made to relive the traumatic incident multiple times when they are in court. Disturbingly, this was followed by loud laughter from almost all MLAs and even unfortunately in the press gallery where I was sitting at that time. I spoke to my friend Anusha Ravi of the New Indian Express about the incident. What happened that day was very unfortunate because here we were inside the Karnataka Legislative Assembly where every word spoken from every member, especially by the speaker, goes into the record and that's there forever. And here was the speaker who came out and made the statement that he did. But what was more 
sad, honestly, was the way the house reacted to the comments he made. For the house to react the way it is, it, 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 everybody cheered or laughed. What was not surprising, I think, is how helpless the women members of the house were. Uh, I think even in the press gallery, like you said, you and I were in the press gallery, and right next to me there was another senior journalist who did not think it was such a big deal, who did, who did not think that the statement was wrong. In fact, when he saw the shock on my face, so this senior uh, journalist looked at me and said, why are you so surprised? I mean, is, is this what TV does to you, teaches you to, you know, sensationalize things? Uh, but as an observer, as probably the only woman journalist who was sitting in that press gallery on that day, uh, what I felt really terrible about was the fact that even as the speaker made those comments and the members of the house laughed, the women members of the house couldn't do anything. Not one of them, all of them first-timers, whether it was the JDS, uh, the BJP or the Congress, none of them could gather, I, I, I don't know if I can say fine, but none of them could gather the courage to stand up and take offense and say that it is not okay to make such statements in a house. It is not okay to compare yourself to a rape victim. It is just not okay to laugh at such a comment. I remember calling up one woman legislator after another that evening, asking them, why did you not react? Are you not allowed to react? But, or is that statement okay with you? It was only after that that they called up each other. They decided that they are going to petition uh, the, uh, the speaker that it was not okay to make such such a statement. You know, they finally the next day they they went to the speaker much before the house came back in order, and the speaker came out said that you know uh, he regretted his statement, but you know like you have pointed out multiple times, this is not an apology at all. It was more to do with let me get this over with. I don't want this to be discussed ever again in the house. It was just a joke, right? Elected leaders of our democracy. By March 2019, it was time for national attention to shift to the Lok Sabha polls. It's a time when journalists from Delhi travel across the country analyzing the mood of the nation and providing the all-important national perspective that media bosses seem to think is the exclusive domain of New Delhi. The Congress's national leadership had pinned its hopes on the Karnataka coalition to help reduce the BJP's numbers in the state. The BJP had won a majority of the 28 Lok Sabha seats in Karnataka in the three previous Lok Sabha polls. The coalition strategy was to try and consolidate its vote share from the 2018 assembly elections, which added up to around 55%, hoping to win at least 20 seats. But the going wasn't smooth. First, it took a long time for the coalition partners to decide how many seats they would contest and then where they would contest from. We have shared the seat. For us, JDS, they have given eight seats, and Congress is going to contest 20 seats. So we are going to work together to see that the strength of the Bharatiya Janata Party <laughs> is reduced in Karnataka. There will be no question of any area of difference. We will try to do our best. 
No sooner had the coalition decided on seats than a massive rebellion broke out in the Congress. Its leaders openly expressed their displeasure, like the Congress MP from Tumkur, who lost out because the seat was allocated to the JDS. There were two other high-stakes battles, one in Mandya, where Kumar Swami's son Nikhil was set to fight it out against actor Sumalata, the wife of the recently deceased former union minister and Kannada cinema superstar M.H. Ambrish. In Gulbarga, Mallikarjun Kharge, who hadn't lost an election since the 70s, was up against Umesh Jadav, the Congress rebel I mentioned in Chapter 2. He had quit the Congress to fight against Kharge. In Mandya, the campaign got off to a rocky start. Congress ne itta kanto ro kela ro na nielro pakeno dosha kora dila. Nanna pakshda abhyarthi galiye break speed break akli koratro nanna pakshda kari karterinda. Some Congress leaders tried to put up speed breakers here, but I won't do it to them. The JDS workers won't do it to them. Wherever Congress has candidates, JDS workers will try and ensure their victory. Awara geluvige geluvige nanna pakshda kari karatro na wariti madli ke hoga dila. The issue was serious enough for the Congress National General Secretary K.C. Venugopal to address. Therefore, we in Karnataka especially, Congress and JDS, little bit smaller issues are there earlier. Now we are confident we are patching up everything. Congress and JDS unite together. Today we decided one more thing very seriously. Those who are working against JDS candidates, those who are the Congress leaders working against the Congress-JDS alliance candidate, especially against the JDS candidate, we will take strong disciplinary action. Nobody will spare. And the seat-sharing issue didn't end there. The JDS had got eight seats, but it didn't have candidates for these seats. So it gave one seat back to the Congress and it took one Congress leader on loan to contest in another seat. A move that was very widely ridiculed. Another object of ridicule was Nikhil Kumar Swami himself. A video from the audio launch of his debut movie became the catchphrase of the election. Kumar Swami launches the album, but Nikhil is missing from the stage. So he calls out to his son, Nikhil, Yeli Dyapa, or Where are you, Nikhil? It made for a great trolling video. Here's one of my favorites for you to enjoy. I spoke to my former colleague and good friend Sharan Purna, a reporter with the Mint newspaper, about his travels across the state at that time. So, let's start off with Gulbarga. What were your impressions? There was never a time that Malikarjun Kharge's name was not accompanied by the word Saab, Kharge Saab. That's what he was known as in Gulbarga, across Gulbarga. And even his arch-political rival, called him, and that was the kind of respect this person had, had, you know, he commanded. He had everything going. Soli Sardara was what he was called because he had won 11 elections in a row. 
you know, and he had everything going on for him. But then there was a time in, I think this is around 2016, when his son was made the chief, uh, was made a minister in the Sidramaya cabinet, in, in the Sidramaya cabinet. This was one of the tipping points against uh, against Mr. Kharge because the fact that Kharge pushed his own son, young Kharge, that sort of changed the tide against Kharge. And from there, I think, started a small little wave against Kharge by his own subordinate. Mr. Jadav, remember, was a former aide of, uh, of Kharge. Now, the one Lok Sabha battle that really consumed Karnataka Mandia. That's the funny part. It consumed all of the country. I don't think I've heard a more high-pitched, high-profile battle. Sumalata was the wife of uh, a veteran Kannada actor who was the Rajya Sabha MP, I'm sorry, a a Congress MP and minister in the past. And um, Nikhil was the actor son of the city chief minister. Yes, it was, uh, you know, it was cinematic sort of a, a battle. It was it was very, very, very scripted and you know, I'm sure some movie is coming out of this someday. So Nikhil was a reluctant candidate, but yet Kumar Swami's confidence came from the fact that they had just won Mandya eight seats in Mandya in twenty eighteen. They had won the twenty eighteen by elections, the Lok Sabha by elections, where Shivrame Gowda had won. And to expect that his son would have you know a very easy finish was not out of place. It was really not out of place. Um, the fact that the JDS had uh, allied with the Congress, the art, those two really don't get along in this particular region of the state. The fact that they had both allied had left a lot of workers disenchanted. They can't move to the Congress. The Congress can't move to the JDS. Hence, the easiest flow was not even to move to the BJP, which would have become a big ideological sort of, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, sort of uh, a confusing sort of thing. But an independent candidate is so much easier to back. Uh, but I think what really, you know, I think changed everything uh, was the fact that last day when she uh, she did this, um, she she had this event where everyone was present. And I think that was one day before campaigning when she actually, the Pallu of her sari, uh, she, uh, uh, she did this Swabhimana. Yeah, yeah. Held, it, held it out and she's like... Uh, held, yeah, yeah <laughs> she held it out and she said that Swabhimana. That, I think... She peak peak cinema. cinema. <laughs> yeah, that was, peak, that, was, that was peak cinema edit. And it, it, there, was no, there was no recovering for the Kumar Swami. The campaign was particularly hard for Devegoda, who was contesting from the Tumkuru seat. He also had the burden of travelling across the state with former Chief Minister Sidramaya and convincing the people and their own party workers that they were on the same side. On May 21st, voting had ended across the country and the coalition knew what was coming. The exit polls predicted a sweep for the BJP in the state and the nation. The coalition had reached a breaking point 
because the Congress had reached a breaking point. Here's our Roshanbeg, senior Congress leader and former minister, explaining why things went wrong. Sidrama is responsible for the collapse of the quality department. Sidrama, KC Venugopal is a buffoon. I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for my leader, Sri Rahul Gandhi ji. Buffoons like uh, Venugopal and the uh, arrogance attitude of Mr. Sidramaya and uh, the flop show president Mr. Uh, Dinesh Gundarao, the result is this. But even Beg couldn't predict just how bad it was going to be for the coalition. It was a carnage. The BJP won 25 seats and became the first party in 30 years to win a majority at the national level in successive elections. In the state, the Congress and JDS won just one seat each. In Mandya, Sumalata, the independent candidate had won, defeating Nikhil Kumar Swami. Along with his grandson, Devegowda also faced defeat in Tumkuru, a seat he was expected to win. Kharge, the undefeated leader, was defeated finally by Umesh Jadav. All the old heavyweights tumbled, like K.H. Munyappa in Kolar, who had been an MP since 1991, defeated by a BJP candidate who was only a councillor from Bangalore City. The BJP was overjoyed. Here's C.T. Ravi, the current tourism minister, talking to me about that election. natural alliance. Our leaders power power igagi watadro kora cadres watagina. Adar impacto, our ruling elu kanto. It was never a natural alliance. That was shown in their governance and the Lok Sabha election results. If the coalition had worked, they should have gotten 60 percent of the votes, but they didn't. A one seat kora bala easy agi the seat alla. Agi natural alliance agi dre. Could the coalition survive this? Has been given, this mandate has been given to the national election and not the state uh, elections. So we continue in the state. Our coalition will continue under the leadership of uh, Sri Kumar Swamiji. And uh, all our MLAs are with us. Opposition is trying to uh, destabilize our government. They will not be successful and we will not allow them to, to be successful in destabilizing the uh, uh, government. The writing was on the wall. No matter how many times the coalition leaders said otherwise, there could never be any coming back from this. They had just shown that years of animosity couldn't just be put aside. In the next episode, the coalition is just about surviving. But which MLA will stick the knife in first? And what makes an MLA rebel? House on Fire is a five-part podcast series independently produced by me, Vikram Gopal, 
cover art, scripting and a whole lot more by Namita Nair. All the music used in this podcast has been sourced royalty free from the Free Music Archive. For more information, visit the website www.houseonfirepodcast.com. Thank you.